0: I know who's in my top five. <laughs> Me. <laughs> That's the worst
1: I've ever done. I may not be rich, but the second I figure out how to commit fraud, it's over for you hoes.
0: <laughs> Wait, Dylan Hay for our, You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 326. Dylan Heaver, who I'll introduce, you'll pretend not to know who is guesting, even though you could truly see it in the description for the episode. And the episode the time. <laughs> standing behind the curtain. Still standing behind the curtain. Just saw me panic, because I did have a tagline, but it was dumb. Like, and I know that tags are, t- but I was like, I can't say this out loud. My tagline was going to be, I've got the golden ticket, a big ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bravo Count Tickets Day. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't oh, say it out percent, loud. Yeah. Except I just, I literally just did. I just did.
1: It's okay. My, in the time since we've gone back to doing this in person in, in the call office, but like, since, you know, 2020. Probably 2020. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> my, like. Literally my, born, by the way. My Andes Girls routine oh, is yeah. that I rem—I get off the, the subway and then I go to the email to remind myself of the exact address address, and then i see in the email that i need a tagline and that's when i remember (laughs) that i need a tagline so i have that like four block walk from the subway to your apartment to um i'm like like, let me not say sarah's address right now on this podcast but
0: (laughs) you know i have been docked so they might already know there's
1: a walk of between three and nine minutes (laughs) from the nearest mta subway stop (laughs)
0: Oh my God, Dylan Havert, we have so, m- I feel like we have so much to discuss, but first I shall introduce you formally to the A.G.'s. You know him as content manager, pop culture at Betches Media, host of the Pop Alarm podcast and the podcast Mention It All, which I have been on multiple times and is a complete, delight and creator of bravo by Batches, you might know that he's here today because um it says it everywhere and also i've said his name repeatedly in the last three seconds dylan hafer how are you how old are we
1: i'm well thank you
0: we are
1: 27
0: <gasps> are we 27 already
1: yeah i had a bir- we had a birthday in may <laughs> <laughs> Spiritually mid twenties plus.
0: Whoa! So now we're literally spiritually mid twenties plus. We're no longer in our mid twenties, comma plus. I
1: will. I feel like twenty seven. <laughs> that makes me feel a little old right now. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god! You were uh, you were a, a topic of conversation Uh-oh. in the Betches podcast studio last week because I had on the one and only Kelly Calor and Ben Simone, <laughs> and I re- <laughs> I reminded her well. I didn't meet her at your show, but I saw her at mm, your show. A vision. And I let her know that seeing her at your show was a pleasure and sort of I don't know. I I mean, I it was hard because I kept I kept having the urge to be like, "Wow, I realized that I kind of like you," or like, "Oh, you reminded <laughs> me like I was surprised that you didn't I that you seemed kind of (laughs) cool but like that's not a very that's a very backhanded compliment to to give to someone um so i i had to be like it was so you were so fun (laughs) but she she was uh happy to be reminded of that show she said she had a great time
0: she was i mean honestly it was one of those things where My favorite moment might have been, and there were many moments from that show, and shout out to guest co-host Evan Russ Katz for doing such a fab job, but there were many favorite moments, but one of them was maybe asking Kelly Clorn Ben Simone, Her Holiness, a satchel of gold from an AG, which was something along the lines of like... Knowing how Housewives currently operates in the kind of like strategy and thought and alliances and whatever, would you, what lessons have you learned that you would maybe apply if you were back for Legacy? And she was She's very, like, oh. no,
1: no. She's like, what are you talking about? Just having fun. She's like, I don't, <laughs> here's the thing about Housewives I don't care. I'm just there, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna hang out with like a fun group of women just like live my life I'm not calculating anything I don't have time for that I'm selling real estate
0: which is (laughs) to double I don't know why I was so shaken by it but I couldn't I didn't expect knowing Kelly as we know Kelly Mm -hmm. on you know the show and now IRL just having interviewed her which isn't really knowing a person, but it's like like experiencing them. Getting the
1: experience. Yeah, getting the
0: vibe, getting the aura, which was overwhelmingly positive. But I just can't imagine, especially the response that she received when her seasons aired and as people have watched them now and they talk about her in the context of Housewives then and now, I just can't imagine being like, I would still play the game I played before because there is none. Yeah, that's tough. How do you do, how do you how does Kelly potentially go into Legacy thinking the way she's thinking? Is that a smart it it actually might be if she is cast in Legacy is that the route to go when you would be cast with people who are OGs spiritual or otherwise.
1: Well, I think it's it's an interesting the Legacy question is so interesting and obviously we don't know exactly what form it's going to take yet or like what the kind of vibe is going to be in terms of like is this like a girls trippy type of thing where it's like a fun one off or like are we establishing something new but I mean even if Kelly doesn't necessarily merit the like spiritual OG title like she has known most of the women that would be on that cast for a long time and like People like Luann, Jill, Mm -hmm. et et cetera. She has, it's not like she hasn't talked to them or seen them. Mm -hmm. It's like some housewives, obviously they're on the show for however long. And then once they're off the show, they sort of like disappear from that world. Like Mm -hmm. Kelly has never, I don't think she's ever like changed what kind of circle she runs in. She just like hasn't been on the show for a long time. So like, I don't think. You know, I don't think she she certainly I don't think would be intimidated by being on a cast with like Luann, Sonia and Jill. Like, mm-hmm. that's not something that would be like, oh, but these women are legends. It's like she doesn't I don't think she gives a fuck.
0: But a part of that not giving a fuck is like having just sort of dipping your toe in this where it's like it's fun. It's just fun. Yeah. But I'm not going to fully invest. And I wonder, are you able to get through Housewives not thinking that you're above it, because I don't think that's it, but, like, can you do it without doubling down on it?
1: It's almost like it's not thinking you're above it from an ego standpoint. Right, It's like totally. Thi- it's, like, physically... Oper- it's, like, physically... Refusing. S- physically, like, gliding over the surface yes. and just kind of, like, skimming your wings along mm-hmm. the water. Like, uh, it's, like, a being above it in a sense that you are, like, kind of on the outside just, like, dabbling. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know. I again, I think it depends kind of what they envision the legacy show to actually be. And I thought it was um it's interesting this week with the news that Tinsley isn't going to do yeah, girls, girls trip, trip then the like D'moi T casting, you know, exclusive whatever people crawled out of the woodwork to say that it was because Tinsley <laughs> is going to be on Rony Legacy and that like the official cast is going to be like Tinsley, Jill, Ke- <laughs> Kelly Ramona. No, no, no Ramona. That no was the Ramona. thing from the from the rumor and then
0: Dorinda, Leah. No, no Leah. No Leah, just kidding.
1: But then um
0: I forget who. But then I honestly, later later, in the, day, confused, later in the day, later in the day yesterday,
1: Dave Quinn re- reported that right. no contracts have been signed, no offers have been made. It's the same Roni casting carousel bullshit that we were on last year, where it was like do you re- like you do you remember that like last year when when it was like the reunion wasn't happening the reunion is happening this person's being fired mm. this person's being cast and then it was like n- of nothing this is, is real. happening Right. <laughs> like there was no movement with Ronnie for the last like 9 months so like any of these i mean it's, it's, it's the same thing always happens it's like when there was like casting tea for Dallas season 6 and then it's like what season 6 <laughs> like the show's on hiatus right. like all, i mean it's the same social media De moi is part of it, but not the only part of it. You know, like the people on Twitter who are like, I have the official T on casting. This is not alleged. This is confirmed. And then it's like, What?
0: Well, it's also hard when you don't get a denial. But at a certain yeah. point, how can the network constantly be responding to these things yeah. that are all online gossip? It helps bring attention to conversation totally. about the show. Uh, well, and like it's we just saw confusing.
1: like with the case of Girls Trip 3, we've been mm-hmm. seeing for a couple months. There's yeah. been tea and rumors and sources and all this stuff. And some of them were right. Some of them were less right. And just today or yesterday, it was like officially confirmed cast was like confirmed by the network the show was like announced to be greenlit and they're filming next week but it's like okay so like uh, you know you just have to always take everything with like this uh, grain of salt and like you know maybe some of these you know there's only so many options it's like okay like it's not shocking that Giselle is on girls trip three but like Mm -hmm. if I saw that three months ago I'm not taking it as like gospel truth
0: And also, even just when the Gen News came out, I Mm. was under the impression having read something that seemed to be. I don't know, confirmed um that they were already shooting, which is possibly not inaccurate with some of the cast. So we would be able to see in real time, if the casting rumors were true, Heather and Whitney's reactions. Now, there has been an update to that, that it's not because they're like on the trip, but because allegedly there has been, they've been in production filming as they've been Packing, getting ready, and all mm. of that stuff. So, do we know a hundred percent that Heather and Whitney were recorded reacting to the news of Jen's plea change? We don't. Do we have a pretty good sense that they weren't actually like mid vacay when that happened? Yeah, we do. But well,
1: who we, knows? What we do know is that Jen Meredith and Heather were filming on the High Line not but a week ago. <laughs> And then Meredith was, like, posting her, like, gobbledygook story about being innocent till proven guilty less than 24 hours before Jen's guilty plea. And it's like, I just, I need to know. Like, I I wish that Meredith Marks was wearing, like, a GoPro for that 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, uh, but, like, facing her, I don't know how that would work. I don't know how that would (laughs) work.
0: Some sort of pro that says go.
1: Like, some sort of camera just so we can see, like, her full range of facial features. Because, like, God, you must feel like such a clown.
0: I mean, that's the time that you feel like a clown? You know, the problem with, this is, like, one of those things of why does Kyle get more attention and pushback than other people with the past week? And even with Meredith, like, why is Meredith getting more attention and critique than Heather when it comes to, like, come on, we all know about John. But I think it's because, and it's a terrible comparison to the Kyle stuff, but, like, with, with Meredith, the reason that she had so much support last season in many ways was because she was calling out the yeah. ridiculous narrative. And regardless of what Heather felt and the relationship that Heather and Jen had, there was something to be said for the fact that Meredith was calling it out. So this upcoming season oh is going to be a full season of Meredith you know, inserting herself into this dynamic or this alliance or friendship, whatever friends are coming together. And it's like, okay, if you believe very fervently, you have the right to change your mind. If you believed that, um, a certain way last season, and now you're like, oh my God, I feel totally differently and I'm ignoring all um, documents and articles and analysis and whatever, like you have the right to make that choice. It's just going to be so uncomfortable because we all know that the entire season is the argue, strong argument of innocence and a reckoning for anyone who was in Meredith's position before calling it out and asking basic questions. And we all know that she pled guilty. Like, how's that going to work?
1: Yeah, you know, Andy, did you see like Andy said on his radio show? I was week, just about like, to ask him. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm still hesitant to like say she's guilty, and it's like, she said she's guilty. Like, yes, that's what like it it, at a certain point, if you are choosing to plead guilty, it doesn't matter. You are basically by by entering that guilty plea and agreeing to the potentially 14 years in prison, which.
0: Or more, it could be more. We'd have no idea. It
1: won't. It can't be more.
0: It can be more. I think the judge has leeway to – there are guidelines, but the judge can do whatever the fuck he wants.
1: Well, the, I mean, by taking the it, deal, that's the point of a plea bargain.
0: No, I think the the point of the 14 years is there's at a certain point where she can't push back on she the sentencing appeal. until after uh, X amount. There's, like, a, a range where she can't – I think – guys, do not listen to anything that we're saying, but, like, she can't truly, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> this is parroting back the same articles that we both half-skimmed, but, like – up to like 14 years she can't appeal that sentencing outside of that range she can potentially like if they give her 30 years she can say like oh the remaining 16 i might have an issue right but But the first 14 i can't but the judge can still sentence he has sentencing guidelines or sentencing range but he can choose to sentence her i think right i mean i think
1: i think the chances are she will be sentenced to something within that guideline yeah
0: hundred percent but i don't but, it, but it's not a definite but, right okay the, but
1: like going back to what i was saying like you andy w- you wouldn't agree to that if you thought there, like she did it like she, she's guilty
0: the problem was, <laughs> like yeah she was playing this is something that was discussed on a previous on the previous ag like she was attempting to play chicken by seeing how loud and vocally She could say she was innocent while denying the reality a little bit that like this shit is still happening and their evidence is intense. And at a certain point, are you going to go to trial in a formal legal setting in a literal courtroom in federal court? If you don't have any inno- if you don't have any evidence backing up, in it's a lot easier to do interviews and yell at people on TV on camera and say I'm innocent. How dare you question that? It's a lot harder when you're in a courtroom and they're like, "Cool, LOL. Where are the docs?"
1: Right. Like after you can for the last like fifteen months or whatever, she has been, you know, talking a big game and saying she didn't do it, and then she's gonna get out of it and like all this stuff, and then obviously i mean it's it's not that hard to figure out what happened push came to shove the trial was a week away and there wasn't a way out for her so you know if you're uh if the best uh plea deal you can work your way into is 14 years in prison and like potentially who knows 15 million dollars in f-
0: that money we know. it's
1: like you done fucked up <laughs>
0: I mean, and and that's the problem is that the evidence was essentially indefensible. And so she found herself in a position... where i think even andy not even andy but andy himself so the day that the that the plea change came out he was on the radio and he himself said in a follow-up episode of his show on radio andy like he initially was like okay she changed her plea but we don't know what that means because he hadn't gone through the specifics Mm -hmm. went on air didn't have an idea of what was going on and it could have been happening similar to when I recorded with Brian, by the way, that it was like within an hour we were recording after the plea change happened. So we didn't have a ton of information available, but we did have a sense that she was like changing her plea and like yeah. what that meant. Um, But Andy then said in a follow up, he's like, I want to clarify how I felt in that moment, which was like, I don't have any. And he hadn't had he read oh, okay. anything or whatever. And he talked on in a follow-up on his show about how angry he was and the fact that he felt misled and understood why viewers would and if I was Jen Shaw let alone do I have a future on Housewives because like sweetie we don't know when you're going to camp but like this is a sleep camp that's going to be more than the typical two to six weeks like I don't I, who knows what's going to happen there but If I was Andy, not only would I be upset because you're getting more information about what she did about victims, you're understanding that this woman lied to you for however long, telling you repeatedly that she was innocent. I would be thinking, oh my God, this full season that we have ahead of us is an innocent, at what point is this just ridiculous because we know that she's lying to us the entire time? There's a difference between believing she's lying and her Mm -hmm. saying in court, I was lying the entire time. I did these things. Like, how do you edit a season like that, especially if people are too afraid to push back?
1: Right. There's no sense of like, oh, like at the end of the day when she admits it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I knew it. It's like, no, because we know it now. We know like it's not like when I saw someone compare it to like uh, when Jax was like lying about banging Kristen (laughs) for like a whole season. And it's like, it's like, we all suspected that he was lying, but we didn't actually get confirmation until that episode when he confirmed it. So like the gratification was high. Whereas with this, it's like, I don't, the thought of waiting like 22 episodes to see like the card that says like Jen pleaded guilty on July, whatever. It's like, yeah, we know.
0: (laughs) Right. And what do you do with that then? Like the entire, and the entire season is going to be these three women, teaming up to like shit on Lisa Barlow and people whisper because they're too afraid of questioning what does it mean if this woman that I am literally filming with being paid to represent this kind of escapist ideal that it was built on this house of cards and by cards I mean credit cards that were owned by other people whose money she was dealing like how does that how do you figure that out from a narrative perspective which is not to say that that's the thing he's angriest about but my she really my goodness how do you how do you do how do you write this woman a check I mean she did her job she was a housewife but then what are we even going to get here like Andy's asking saying in that follow-up like I hope I have the opportunity to ask her questions and she just might not want to do that. I don't know that where her level of narcissism raises and falls, you know, with wanting to show up at the reunion at X, if she's able to, if she's around, at whatever period of time to answer questions. Like, at what point?
1: She's going to pull a Tyrone at the reunion. <laughs> just leave. There's going to be a chair there for her. <laughs> um, We can't get a hold of Jen. Oh, um, actually we so we finally heard back from her, she said it would be an issue with her with her like bail or whatever. Like <laughs> I mean
0: And her response was like her lawyer or whomever was like she's a good person, she crossed the line. What? Can we end that? I'm a good person who made a bad mistake. For you didn't just accidentally pick up like granny's cash on the right. ground. You, had you had like did a, this for over a decade. You had like a
1: fraudulent business empire. That's not like, I that mean, you that's not like one singular ran. mistake. <laughs> that's like, that's not like, Oh, like I, I knew I shouldn't have stolen that one item from a store. It's like, no, no, no you like, you, were, you were running the whole black market, mama. Like,
0: And also how does this work? I mean, a part of the defense of, some of these people because it's such an awkward thing when you find out like your good friend or your friend or your friend and colleague who you know you still have to work with is like maybe a criminal it's like okay well until we know otherwise going off of Meredith's Instagram story and in the in these United States it's innocent until proven guilty heart peace sign whatever but like okay now that we know that she's proven guilty because she herself has said that she's guilty what changes here are you still and it's I I don't have I'm not I'm genuinely not being like, go fuck yourself. I I, I don't know how you handle this. I think it's probably harder for Heather than Mm. Meredith of the two, because I think Heather really did think that Jen was a a good friend and maybe was a close friend for some period of time. But like, are you just like, oh, my like the the, how many stages of what are the stages of shock when your housewife co-star Turns out, really, is the thing that people were saying she was for a while,
1: <sighs> right? But like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're giving me face. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel it's it's like whatever. I'm I'm curious how long we're gonna have to wait for this season of Salt Lake City because I kind of I'm like, can we just like do it now? I don't know, <laughs> just like get it over with.
0: Well, it is. There's also. You know, girls' trip is giving us so much, and I do want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, but <laughs> you just leaned into your Sorry. microphone. It was like formally? Yes, yes, I would like that. But also, you know, how are you feeling about this? Before I swear to God, guys, this isn't going to be nine hours about Beverly Hills. I'm, I'm going to be good. But like, what, what's the <laughs> people are concerned? What, what's your feeling? Do you have a, any kind of exhaustion that you feel about BH right now? It's a 900-episode season. It's going to stretch for a millennium. Wh- wh- how are you feeling?
1: Honestly, I'm fine with that. Are you? I'm like, Beverly Hills this season to me is so much... <sighs> Actually, okay.
0: <laughs> he says sighing while talking about but he's enjoying it. Yeah, so, okay.
1: Okay, let me, let me backpedal. The last time I was here, the last time I was on Andy's girls okay. was I, like the beginning
0: 4 hours ago.
1: It was like when Crystal had brought up the like dark comment.
0: Very dark and problematic Yeah, quote unquote. it
1: was like when that in the thick of that. Okay. And I think you and I were both very much like what does that mean? head in hands like how do we mm-hmm.
0: do this? Mm-hmm.
1: And I think now that that has passed, like we haven't really <laughs> talked about that in a couple episodes. We haven't, right? Like since then, I'm I'm like pretty good with it. I've I've been, I don't know. I feel like I'm enjoying it. I think the
0: <laughs> if you guys could see the shit eating grin that my fellow spiritual mid twenties plus friend the, is giving me.
1: I mean, like, first of all, like Diana Jenkins nightmare. But the...
0: Very dark and problematic. She ha- Her spirit like that, is scary. That lunch I don't want to fuck with her.
1: That lunch that she and Sutton had this week is, like, batshit crazy in the exact way mm. that is, like, the most interesting to, like, wrap your mind around. Because I... The thing with Diana is that, like, I think she has a lot of the ingredients that you would think would make, like, a really, like spicy badass like housewife villain whatever yeah like the, the the yep. ingredients are there
0: yeah she's a she is uh whatever marvel i don't know where batman came from comes from but like whatever superhero whatever blah 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 she yeah. is uh, she is a she is like the penguin or one of the other ones the
1: riddler the joker what's the one
0: with the other guy um played by tom whatever because i've seen that christopher um, Nolan.
1: Oh, Bane.
0: Yeah, I've seen it so many times. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it, even though I don't know, understand anything about superheroes. But yeah, she is like a typical yeah. yeah. And super I villain. think
1: I think the 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 key element that she's missing is knowing sort of when to pull back and when to like play the game a little bit more versus just like being like me like a bitch the whole time. Because she, like, the, I mean, the the way she's interacting with Sutton is, like, she thinks that she has this, like, total upper hand on Sutton in their dynamic. That it's, like, it's, like, she sees Sutton as this, like, obviously, like, clumsy with the words, but, like this, like, sad, pathetic woman who's, like, so, like narcissistic and, like, selfish and, and evil. all of this stuff. She thinks she's,
0: she's like, manipulative. Yeah, right.
1: It's, like, she sees Sutton as, like, all of these awful things and that sh- she's, like, so much better than her. She's, like, you know, that's just, like, she sees, it's, like, I'm up here, you're, done, you know, that yeah, kind 100%. of thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that is just not the experience of most of us watching the show, mm-hmm. that it's, like... I don't think I don't think you're giving what you what you think you're giving and in this in this conversation with Sutton this week when you know Sutton is talking about the miscarriage thing that she brought up at Garcelle's birthday Mm -hmm. and watching that clip back you know they've played it multiple times now in a flashback it's like to me to the best of my emotional social IQ whatever like when I see that clip, like it doesn't feel like Sutton is bringing it up to make it about herself. It doesn't feel like she's being narcissistic. It feels like she's like trying to be empathetic in that moment and like trying to connect with her over an experience that a lot of people share, but don't necessarily talk about. That is a really difficult, upsetting thing. And like Diana is just 100% unwilling to, to, hear at all that that was genuine from Sutton and it's really frustrating to watch because like I feel like Sutton is really like she's trying with Diana and is like giving her more chances than she needs to frankly and Diana is like just being so like cold to her and like I don't know it's just it's kind of cruel to me that it's like Sutton's like I told you about my miscarriages to make you feel Mm -hmm. not alone or, like, whatever. And Diana's like, well, I think you're a bitch. And it's like, okay. (laughs) I don't know. It just, it, it really, it's, like, it's, like, gross to me.
0: And it's not only I think you're a bitch, but you literally only said, what she said was you were only strategic in referencing your miscarriages and your experience with pregnancy loss. You only did that to fuck with me. You actually, she at one point was literally, like, And by literally, I mean like, you know, words, meanings, whatever, but was literally like you. I said I had a miscarriage, so you said you had two. You Mm. were doing it to have one one, literally one up me, which is to me uh, an egregiously harmful thing to say. And yet it is how Diana felt. And for Diana, I think she had her guard up already because she felt a certain way about Sutton. Nothing was going to prove that otherwise to her. And when Sutton sat down and as she herself took responsibility for, was passive aggressive in saying, you told us all you had like this list of things of why you couldn't attend and yet you're here. Where is the divide? Make that make sense. Because she communicated that through the lens, through like the route of I'm concerned or like I don't Mm -hmm. understand. From that moment on, Diana was like, you're a piece of shit. The problem with that is that she's now communicating to Sutton the way that Sutton was intending things. Like, she's communicating to Sutton, Sutton's intentions. And when Sutton's like, you're wrong, I didn't. The follow-up information when Mm -hmm. I shared my story of pregnancy loss my intention was to connect with you. I made a mistake in how I approach the conversation. I take responsibility for it. But from that moment on, I was trying to connect with you. And Diana's saying, you're lying about your intention. But if someone's telling right. you their intention was to connect and it wasn't to manipulate, either you're going to listen or you're not. It's very frustrating to watch Diana just... Shrug it off.
1: Well, and then when Diana's like, and then you gave me the fakest hug I've you've ever given. And Sutton's like, the hug wasn't fake. And Diana's like, well, it was fake. Well, I was being fake. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like it doesn't make Diana look... It's not like a boss move for Diana to say that the hug was fake for her. When Sutton has just told her, like, no, that was me being genuine. I guess <laughs> now I... like. It's like, I just... Like Diana thinks that she's going to make Sutton look like a fool for like, I don't know, but like watching the show, it's like, no, Diana looks like an asshole and Sutton looks like somebody who is trying to figure this relationship out and is being like, you know, totally left hanging in a pretty cruel way.
0: And what's left unsaid is... The reason that Sutton isn't writing this off isn't just telling this woman to go fuck herself is because she knows she has to continue filming with her. Mm -hmm. So Sutton is trying to say, can we please just have an acquaintance-esque relationship because we are going to be in group dynamics and God forbid they might make us film one-on-one and I don't want it to always end poorly. And Diana's saying, I don't give a shit. I don't like you. Charity being what it is, I'm not going to intend to walk into a room and try to destroy you but i'm not going to play the game even though they're inside of it
1: that's really what i was talking about when i said that as a villain character what diana's lacking is the like instinct to play the game a little bit more that it's like sutton now being on the show for a while understands the way that this works where it's like this person might be one of my least favorite people I've ever spent time with. But in the context of the show, it doesn't serve the narrative or the the edit or the storyline, whatever, for us to not be able to coexist. And so I'm going to finish this awkward as awkward, unpleasant lunch by saying, we're good, right? And Diana being unwilling to sort of meet her in the middle like that is actually to me, like exposing her maybe like naivete about like how the game of housewives works that it's like in this, okay, now you're supposed to say, yeah, we're moving forward. We'll see baby steps, whatever you want to say. But it's like you being like, "Mm -mm," doesn't like you're not, you're not giving us anything. It's like, it's like the rules of improv. Like you're supposed to say yes. And you're not supposed to say no. Like, You can say yes, and I'm going to watch my back with her or like, yes, and I'm (laughs) I'm like probably not going to fuck with her when we're not in a group setting. But Mm. like to just say like, no, I'm good. It's like, okay, well, great. What do I do with that? That's not very helpful.
0: And isn't that so much so much of that kind of strategy is what makes specific franchises so interesting and I actually I don't even I want to say out loud arguably all of them but I don't think that's the case like I don't think that there's a lot of strategy in New Jersey when it comes to alliances maybe even in Potomac like I feel like those are often more organic environments where conflict can occur and Mm. happen and some of those relationships are just seemingly more natural with like New Jersey and Potomac specifically, then in Beverly Hills, which is genuinely incredibly strategic. And right now I feel like a lot of that strategy is sort of fumbling a little bit. Like so much of it is like, is these women operating in certain roles where they're only thinking in terms of like building up people that they know they have on their side Including Diana, I would think with like Diana's relationship with Rina, for example, like I think Diana truly does dislike Sutton, but yeah. I also think Diana and Rinna have decided that Diana is going to dislike Sutton. Well, you know? and I,
1: I think we see we see Rina and Kyle kind of falling into that trap of leaning back on the Fox Force, whatever, mm-hmm. I guess add Diana to that now. She's taken Teddy's place in a in a way. I'm like doing um, a little hand
0: thing. I don't yeah. see Diana in it, but well, I... But
1: uh, so I guess more specifically with Rina, like at Sutton's lunch when Diana's not there and Rinna is like taking up for Diana and right. being like, oh, well, she was... Sutton, you're passive aggressive. It's like S- Rinna is very much choosing to defend Diana over Sutton. Mm-hmm. And then we see, you know, Garcelle's bringing up this idea of Kyle sort of jumping ship from, I guess, her and Sutton when it's, when she chooses to, when it's mm-hmm. convenient. I don't know, going back to defending Erica, going to defending Diana at the the thing, you know, when she's like manhandling Sutton at mm-hmm. Garcelle's birthday party. But I think within the group is one thing, but then also it feels like Rinna and Kyle are really detached from, how the fans feel watching the show, that it's like at this point, the fact that like Rinna would rather align herself with Diana than with Sutton from a viewer perspective, it's like, girl, what are you doing? And like, because I think at this point, it's like Sutton and Garcelle are certainly more of fan favorites than Diana and probably more of fan favorites than <laughs> Rinna and Kyle. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, for Kyle in particular, because she is pretty good friends with. Sutton and Garcelle, depending on the day, it's like, yeah, like, go be friends with them. Like, stop, like, sucking up to Erica. Like, be friend. like, just be a good friend to Garcelle. Like, Just, like, stay with that side of things.
0: But they don't know that while they're in the middle of filming. They know that now the way that Rinna is standing for and in support of Diana, which got her in a lot of hot water in her responses and in mocking people who were upset about the ways that she was defending and amplifying some of uh, Diana's completely inappropriate, weird shit online... Um, but in in terms of filming, all they, they know is that they maybe have like on the, you know, leader score or whatever they call that shit in sports. Like there's, I think, a feeling that they have that they are kind of in control here and also that they don't necessarily they are very selective in how they express neutrality, which is where I thought it was incredibly important that the question was posed in the like living room scene or whatever at the tail end of sutton's um lunch the idea of like what is needed from you right now is to not use your face to act in defense of someone who truly doesn't need it or require it or deserve it in this like the ways that these women think of neutrality they pretend that they're playing neutral when they're defending the side that works against garcelle and sutton mm-hmm. but they are truly neutral when garcelle and sutton are in the hot seat in in terms of if you think of neutr- neutrality in terms of like dead silence which isn't necessarily being neutral but in terms of being quiet and not giving a lot with your face they do they did that last season when Sutton yeah. was in hot water they understood the ways that neutrality would support a tense scene even if it came at the cost of their friend
1: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, like, during filming, they don't know kind of what the fan reaction is going to be. But they know
0: what it was last season. Right,
1: like, obviously they didn't know necessarily how people would respond to Diana because she's new. But, like, they knew that after last season, Garcelle and Sutton's stock had gone way up.
0: As had Crystals at that point.
1: Yeah, but it's like you don't see, like, from Rinna, certainly it feels like there is no inclination to sort of cozy up to Garcelle and Sutton knowing that they were kind of darlings of last season. And it's just like so, I don't know, like Rinna, I just like.
0: But being a darling is like a mark against them. Why would Rinna want to, why would Rinna want to cozy up to these people who I don't think she actually likes? Like, I don't think that Rinna likes Garcelle. I think, and I also think Rinna thrives a little bit on people Criticizing her until it gets too hot because she thinks that adds value to her role on the show.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I family Rena just makes me tired, but also I feel like she's not like she's not even that relevant this season,
0: she's not, she's more relevant. On in, social
1: media, then she.
0: But, it, like, what kind of relevancy is that? Like, is being yeah. loud a form of relevancy or is it just volume?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, but, like, if you look at the storylines that are, like, mattering on the show, it's like you have Sutton and Diana, you have Garcelle talking about Erica's drinking, Kyle's involved with that. Like, even like the Crystal and Sutton and Garcelle sort of thing that was happening earlier in the season, it's like. Rina's not really in any of that. Like, I, I don't know. She feels like almost like superfluous this season so far. I don't know. We're getting Kathy next week. I don't know that'll like change in the dynamic. I but. think
0: that 100% changes because I think that Rinna is very much involved in whatever happens with Kathy. As we saw in the preview.
1: Right. That scene with Kyle, Kathy and Rina. So that awkward. I'm like very much intrigued by. Because also that it, the vibe that that gave off in the trailer is kind of like the way I want Rinna to be. Like, I want mm-hmm. her to be, like, messy and in people's business. And a piece of
0: shit, yeah. 100%. And,
1: like, a questionable friend. Like, yeah. I, don't, that, I don't resent that part of Rinna at all. To me, that's, like, when she's operating at her best. But it's, like, there's a difference between that and just being, like, a bad friend without any of the fun messiness that she can also produce.
0: Yeah, and to a different extent, I feel like what I felt in the clip that so many of us had seen because it was a seven minute clip had been released of the first seven minutes of the episode, like the day after the last episode had aired. But I think what I'm resenting in Kyle, even though she like seems to appear to be understanding the pushback, at least in the film scene and the follow-up scene at that like sports bar that was gorgeous. I don't <laughs> understand LA, but um, <laughs> that's not what we in New York would <laughs> reference as a bar of sport. But, um, Like, there's a little bit of the sense from Kyle of, like, a lack of – of Kyle actually being held accountable for – what was the word that you just used? There's a sense with Kyle that the idea that she – her reactions to things matter and the ways with Kyle specifically defending Erica and doing so because – she feels like it's okay to have a cost to being fun because this is a new look like a fit, fun, free, whatever for Erica Jane, if it comes at the cost of her behaving poorly to children, but we understand that she's having fun and she's only done it a couple times. Isn't that okay? And the fact that she's actually getting pushback to that is kind of interesting to me. Like the way that she's being held accountable for distorting things in protection of her friend is in some ways new
1: yeah like why aren't we does that make sense i think so that it's like rather than a lot of the focus being on erica herself it's like kyle don't like why are you not personally more concerned about like I think with you know with Garcelle like I'm a I'm a big fan of Garcelle but in this specific case it does feel a little bit like why are you like why are you the one who's so concerned about Erica's drinking and medication it's like you barely like the girl like just I don't know
0: oh you think that's as Kyle's react I'm thinking more like the idea that Erica's behavior is. Um, excusable even if it's coming as a result of or especially because it's coming as a result of like drinking too much and she's only done this a couple times and I think like we're not even spending any time on what was the behavior that she exhibited When she was drinking like Kyle's ability to gloss this all over because it's all we're we're being too tough on her. And it's like the whole reality of your time on the show and being the strong beta in that sense has always been pushing the needle further over moments that were arguably much smaller than this. Like the the ability for her to skate past things and do so is something that I think she's been able to do effectively for a number of seasons. And this is the first season where it's more obvious that she's doing it strategically specifically in support of her friend and people are stopping her en route where it's like maybe and maybe some of those people are the audience and that's why she felt she had to publicly apologize to us but not garcelle it's because of that awkwardness the
1: whole narrative from like kyle and dorit and probably rena i'm i don't know about like no it's so like Erica deserves to let loose. Like she's having fun. She's been through such a rough time. Like let her, let her drink. Like she's, it's, it's new for her. It's like this is a fifty-year-old woman. Like why am I supposed to be like so excited at the idea that she can finally like get drunk and act sloppy? It's like she, like this isn't new for her. She literally was like at the beginning of the season was talking about how she would like wake up in bed with Taco Bell wrappers. She didn't remember ordering. It's like the boat in Mexico was not like the first time Erica ever got drunk. It's just like, it's weird to me. Like, I don't feel like I care that much about like analyzing whether she should be drinking this much with the meds or anything. Like I don't, it's just, it's like a whole can of worms that I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it it's like weird to me how much these women are like pushing the narrative that like, isn't it great that Erica's, like, finally letting loose? It's, like, getting drunk is not hard. Like, it's not like, it, it's not, like, some, like, achievement she's unlocked. It's, like, yeah, like, have a drink. Who cares? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's strange to me that this is being, like, seen as some, like, big, uh, like, milestone for Erica that she's finally, like, letting loose. It's, like, okay. Like, she had a whole, like, stage persona that was about, like, being, like, a hot slut. It's not like she was, like, never let out of the house before. Well,
0: I feel like her stage persona was being also being, like, tightly wound. And so the way that maybe people thought that she was being loose was because of her behavior on stage. But she was always a little bit cold and a little bit severe. That was, like, a part of her... Character arc, and so for these women to then say, Well, she's doing something different than that, it doesn't mean that you're seeing the real Erica, it just means that Erica's drinking a lot, and also it sort of shows you similar to the uh, I woke up and re- didn't even remember ordering things the night before. It's like, Okay, well, how close are these women actually? Because maybe the Erica that you're experiencing who's drinking too much because it's only happened on camera a couple times, which we don't actually really know. That doesn't mean that's not happening a lot in daily life, which me it isn't me questioning her drinking. It's me questioning the level of friendship that these women have when they're not filming. So we're already pretending that her acting out and in doing so, like hurting a child's feelings and coming on to her friend's son, that we're pretending that these are isolated in- instances and as a result aren't as harmful mm. I mean, it's like ask the 14 year old how they feel about that, you know, before you just write it off because she was drinking too much. But even regardless of that, we don't know that she has only had two instances of this. It's just that she's decided to comport herself a different way. I I don't know how much of this is. I I think it's all there's like a level of performance here even in the intimate layer of friendship that Kyle is presenting of the Erica that she really knows which is based on the performance Erica was giving Mm
1: -hmm.
0: on the show which PS was a fucking lie because a lot of that performance was how many fucks do I give it's expensive to be me yeah we know how the cost of that so like we're already dismissing the cost of her behavior to a child because it doesn't fit in with like the Erica that they've decided to show this season, but also the one that was shown before, it doesn't mean that was like the natural tighter wound Erica. And this is Erica reacting in a different way. It could just be a different show.
1: Right. So you say.
0: <laughs> Wait, and what was son's response? I keep forgetting. That I know. That I know. So
1: you say. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> okay, that exchange was wild first of all, but it reminded me I of, thought
0: it was a great moment in terms of me being like, This is stupid. It reminded me like, of the Like it felt like the, classic. Um, not classic Beverly Hills, but it was the, this was
1: Beverly Hills. The like acting exercise, they do it on the I just I was I've been watching Barry for the first time. Oh my god. And they do it. Oh,
0: season 3 is going to change the fucking life. They do it. And
1: like the end of the first season, like the acting exercise where it's like you repeat the same thing back to each other, but you're like change you're like reacting to the way the other person says right. it. And it's like It's like <laughs> It's like so you say that I know. So you say that I know. <laughs> like
0: until the words have no meaning. Right, until until you're like until you're forced to be not So you say <laughs> That I know. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last the lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves, and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing. But nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash Andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash Andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. <laughs> oh my God, can we shift gears a little bit? Cause- sure. Please so you say
1: that. I, know. I don't think I can talk about Diana Jenkins anymore.
0: No. And I also am like, <laughs> it's also dumb too, because just one little PS, like who's going to force her to come to the reunion. She's not coming to Bravo gun. She's not on the list of talent. Like, what, it's at a certain point us reacting to things is natural because that's kind of what we do here talking about the episodes but then mm. typically there is that idea that accountability will be around the corner when it comes to reunion but she has so much fucking money and such a disinterest and maybe hasn't enjoyed some of her experience of being in the public eye specific to housewives that it's like is she just gonna tap out at the end of this like uh, you know a part of the pushback with the reunion is like is accountability going to actually happen but like is she really even going to show up or does none of this matter
1: yeah i don't know i mean obviously i'm live laugh love obviously i'm always of the mind that everybody should come to the reunion but at the same time it's like Mm. do i really think we're gonna get much of substance from diana jenkins at the reunion like do i think it's gonna be like fun to watch her at the reunion like probably not
0: yeah, that this reunion is I really don't know. I mean, show. I would
1: never say like I hope she skips the reunion because like
0: I'm definitely not saying that.
1: That's annoying, but like I also think her skipping the reunion would not be like it, it wouldn't be like Mary Cosby skipping the reunion
0: yeah i mean but there is also something to be said for the fact that like she has all of this wealth she obviously is f- incredibly physically uncomfortable with ever being um in an in an environment in which there's like even a little bit of tension where or she dust w- or, or <laughs> but like <laughs> those fucking horses
1: i couldn't come to reunion because honestly there was going to be dust on this stage
0: i mean but there is <laughs> the idea that like with Diana, she has enough money to always be comfortable where being comfortable for her is incredibly important. She brings staff with her for vacations mm-hmm. to make sure that even in a vacation environment, her personal vacation environment is in line with her IRL environment. And there is something to be said about like a little bit of fun, a little je ne sais quoi in like her maybe being asked questions that she's not typically asked because she can pay people enough in her personal relationships and professional ones and people who work for her to not ever ask her things has so she, like
1: has she been on watch what happens live i don't think so
0: i think she missed that opportunity a little bit because of this map be- on
1: social maybe she was on but maybe not maybe
0: she's not memorable <laughs> in that way right she's like not going it- to give you a good clip She's gonna give you an awkward. Clip. Well, that's the
1: thing. I'm thinking of like her being on Watch What Happens Live and then having her play like Versace or Hibachi or like one of their like dumb games <laughs> that they do. That it's like iconic. Whether like that's part of the Watch What Happens Live experience. And it's like I don't see her being like playing like having fun playing along with that.
0: I think for anyone who's a stan of Diana to the three of you, I think that a part of the fun is her not wanting to.
1: I, get, I don't think it's just like not giving fun.
0: It's not giving fun, but I do want to get your thoughts on something that is giving fun.
1: Okay. Which is, shut the fuck
0: up, which is Girl's Trip. Girl's Trip. An iconic episode, No.
1: It was a fun episode. Not it's,
0: iconic, a fun episode.
1: I think the last couple episodes were more iconic. This one was fun. I think we're seeing I think next week is the finale. <gasps> and no. yeah. I think we have two
0: more, no? But it was eight episodes.
1: It might only be seven. No. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. It's okay. coming. I, it's I could coming. be wrong. It's I, on the tail end. I could be wrong. I could be right, but it's like day six of seven or eight. Mm. I think like this episode, we saw kind of like a settling of like, mm. it feels like everybody's mostly gonna leave this trip on good terms, which is like kind of wild considering the ups and the downs that we've okay. had over the last few episodes. And I kind of I'm like. I kind of like that. I like the girl. I like that this girl's trip cast like understood the idea that it's like you can go to this house, this like weird house in this like somewhat undesirable location Mm -hmm. and you can like tear each other apart and then you can like. Do a gift exchange and kind of leave and like be friends with each other. I'm like I'm in support of that.
0: I'm in support of that for the many seconds that that will last until these women start to do press interviews. Well, yeah, I mean, because (laughs) as we know, like the Jill Dorinda dynamic is, I think, pretty
1: low in terms of like the level of mm -hmm. and like the Vicky Dorinda thing obviously was a whole
0: Mishigas
1: press cycle.
0: If you're Dorinda. How do you think that she is processing and watching these episodes? How do you think that she is watching herself? Oh,
1: God, it's um, it's a toughie. I think it has been a roller coaster for Dorinda over the course of this season. And I think it has to be a little bit hard and seeing a lot of the social media response. Because I think going into this season, the the sentiment that I was seeing the most was like, Yay! We love Dorinda. Uh, ho- like she's I think, back. This is on. I think I think Dorinda was maybe the person out of this cast who people were the most positive about mm-hmm. coming back to their show yeah. or legacy in this case, more likely. Mm-hmm. I think she was the one. Um, her and Tamra were kind of the top two, but I think more than even more than Tamra, she was in a position where people are like. We love Dorinda, excited to see her on this show, and then like she'll probably be back, and that's a good thing. And I think, I mean, the last few weeks have just been kind of like very up and down, and I've seen a lot of social media sentiment of like, never mind, kind of about Dorinda, like coming back. And I think there still is probably a pretty good chance that she'll be on whatever legacy cast happens. I know she was on the like rumored one that then got denied, but um, I don't know. It's gotta be tough. But then it's like, but also it's like, she still is so clearly in this headspace of being on pause. And like, Andy told me I'd be back any, any day. And like, I don't necessarily know or think that she's sitting and watching these episodes and having a whole lot of introspection about, Wow, I really should have worked on my anger issues more in the last year and a half. But at the same time, it's like, see I'm sure she has seen some of it on social media.
0: She said specifically on Watch What Happens, she got angry when someone asked her about even the word like processing anger, like have what lessons have you learned? Because she's unwilling mm. to acknowledge that said anger exists. And it's so interesting that she keeps using the word pause. She can't even say like let we we know that pause happened you don't need to google it to confirm it we know that he said that to you he said he said that to you. you said that he said that to you what's interesting is the fact that she's very focused on the word in the conversation but not the conversation mm-hmm. she wouldn't allow him to tell her the reasons that she went on pause she won't allow anyone else to discuss the reasons that she went on pause but she knows that she's on pause but how do you unpause yourself right. if you're not willing to understand why this happened? And yet she reacts so aggressively when, I mean, Brandy, I thought this week when she's like, okay, like we sort of, we get it. You keep using the word again, but like you're no longer in the cast. And she's so angry at that. And mm-hmm. yet you're pushing the reality of the word, but not the reality of why it happened.
1: Yeah. And I think when she, um, was put on pause. Mm. I think there was this kind of assumption or hope from a lot of the audience that it's like okay, this last season that she was on has been kind of rough yeah season t- 12 I yes think so. yeah, yeah season 12 yeah um you know it was kind of a, a rough season there were some blow ups that definitely were uncalled for and you know all this stuff and I think there was this assumption hope whatever from the fans that it was like, okay, great, this is kind of probably the wake-up call she needed that Mm -hmm. she's kind of going in a direction that is not sustainable for the show. Mm -hmm. And so she's going to, you know, she's... She. This is the wake-up call. She's going to go figure her shit out. She's going to work on herself, maybe get some... Or
0: time will go by and she'll settle, which is probably more realistic. Maybe do
1: some therapy. She'll go up to Bluestone Manor and just kind of mellow out. You know, like, you know, it was kind of like this idea of what was going to happen in the next year for Dorinda and all of these, like, growth moments that she was going to have. And now that it's been, you know a while since she's been on Roni and we're seeing this side of her again. It's like, Oh yeah. Why did, why did we assume that she was going to do that stuff? (laughs) Like what, 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 what made us think that that having a year off of filming was going to cause Dorinda's like whole outlook on interpersonal relationships to change. It's like, Oh yeah, this is the exact same person from before. And like, granted, like I, Think Dorinda still was really entertaining on the show before. I think she's been entertaining this week, like you know, or this you know, during the week mm-hmm. of filming. Like I think she still has given us a lot of good material, but like in terms of the uh pain points that were there before, they're pretty much all still there.
0: I think that they've gotten a lot worse.
1: I yeah, I mean I think I don't the, think this show
0: helped her in any way, by the way. I, th- I and not that the, it needed to, but I think the emotional
1: oh her I mean it seems like she's just really depressed, honestly. But like this stuff I mean, she just the level to which she s- is not over Richard, like that whole situation. Like, it just feels like she is very, like, actively affected by that. And it's I don't I would never I would never suggest that she should be like over it in an emotional context. You know, that she like shouldn't care anymore. But it's like it really seems like on a day-to-day basis in her everyday life, this is really affecting her, and it's like it—it's sad because it's been a long time, and like to think of going through whatever it is, like ten years of your life, and having this like you know like anchor attached to you that you're carrying around. It's like I—I I would love for her to be able to find a little more peace away from that, you know.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of that doesn't have to do with Richard. I think more time has passed since Richard's passing than I don't know how the years stack up in the time that she was together versus how long it's been since he passed away. But I think we're looking at like a really pretty intense Dorinda problem. Like I I, I don't know I don't know what she was like when she was with him or mm. what she was like before, but she seems to have pretty much settled into a very consistent character, which is someone who has a, a real problem drinking and that she, she truly cannot control yeah. her her alcohol or anger or maybe that's the point of it. Like how many scenes... It is something to watch her slur in these little scenes that weren't shown in the moment but are shown after her, her asking questions where it's like, oh my God, this is her maybe every time she drinks. She, was, she is yeah. not in control of herself and the only thing that she seems to be in control of is understanding that she can kind of get away with it by saying it was just last night by saying she had one too many martinis every day of Dorinda's life appears to be one that includes a moment of one too many it doesn't need to be alcohol but there's certainly rage that's always brimming below the surface which made me really appreciate this episode because it's like oh she's trying awful hard not to be mean she's really but it doesn't mean it's not there it just means we just haven't seen it. Well, For and this we, edited moment,
1: you know, this week we got the classic Dorinda thing of saying, oh, well, like when, when we're not filming, I barely drink like that line, which I don't remember that line.
0: I, I remember think, her saying she doesn't go out. I
1: don't know, but I mean, like, she might have. I feel like she kind of said, like, she, said, she was just like, oh, like, I, I only really drink when we're like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK. But then, you know, she was like, it really, you know, on day six when they're at the winery and stuff, it's like. She was, like, making a real concerted effort to, like, not drink very much that day, which it's, like, okay, cool. Like, you took the note and are, you know, making a change. But it's, like, like you were saying, it's, like, that doesn't actually, like, change anything about who you are as a person or how you're handling your problems. Or it's, like, choosing to not get wasted at one outing is not actually, like...
0: Proving anything.
1: (laughs) Proving anything. Or, like, like, uh, you know, it's not, like actually having an impact on your life like I, I mean whatever small steps are good place to start but like I don't think she's viewing that as a starting point she's like fine you know, like that I got drunk yesterday I won't get drunk today fine mm-hmm. look I cannot get drunk and it's like okay, okay. <laughs> like, sure we're leaving in two days so I guess like sure I'll be gone I won't know after tomorrow but like I don't know it's like yeah it's kind of tough it's rough because it's like I like Dorinda a lot in a general sense.
0: In a general sense. And it's like, I want term. to be
1: really like excited about her and excited for her. And like, I want to want her on legacy and like that kind of thing. But like the, the actual, the, the behavior is just, it's just tough. I feel like, I mean, I literally feel like I was probably on this podcast like two years ago talking about the exact same thing with her on Roni and mm-hmm. it just feels like, I feel like I'm having, like, deja vu about this conversation that it's like, oh, I like Dorinda, like, I want... Like, when she's good, she's great, but it's like...
0: (sighs) And what does great mean? Like, with Tinsley, we don't know what's going to happen with Legacy. We don't know if she's back or in discussion or anything that's going on there, but Tinsley was certainly Dorinda's trigger or primary victim or however you want to encapsulate that incredibly uncomfortable relationship and Mm. environment, season 12, but that's not the only it doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a new tins if tinsley isn't on legacy yeah it doesn't mean that their relationship can't change but it was terribly uncomfortable and i'm like watching tamra cry this week and i'm sorry that felt incredibly genuine to me like she there is a level of like tamra looked a little afraid she was definitely uncomfortable definitely upset about the environment but Mm -hmm. like there's a level of like Low key, low grade fever, fear that can happen when you're in these environments with Dorinda because she's so mad. She's an angry, broken bird, and you know if she just wants to use her wings to hit you, like I don't know, we can't force her to fly away from that. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's tough. It was. I thought it was really tough to watch Tamara in that moment because I thought she was being honestly really vulnerable and aside from how exhausting filming this must have been especially to do it all in eight days or whatever they did like or however the length of the show of the production actually was to be surrounded by a woman who's so vocally she's like vociferous in how she wants to deny the reality that everyone else is experiencing and or play it off and or try to push your buttons as a way to protect against her own. And, and Drinja's buttons are like mm. everything.
1: What did you think of Phaedra? tough when they were at the winery and vicky was like okay
0: a producer told me she, she was like
1: okay so today <laughs> starting, with phaedra, starting with phaedra she was like so the producers told me that today i'm doing the game and the game is going to be we're all going to talk about how we left housewives and the producer also told me that uh phaedra you should go first <laughs> yes uh, thinly veiled production at work um but i mean phaedra just shut it down she's like i'm good no Not going there. And the thing that was frustrating to me in that moment, aside from what Phaedra said, which we can also unpack if you want. But um, the fact that I'm pretty sure nobody else in that group, save maybe Eva, actually has any awareness of what surrounded Phaedra's departure. Mm -hmm. So there was nobody there that was going to push back back and be like, wasn't that really? Wasn't it really? a lot of shit went down right or like have you talked to candy or like That's a
0: great point what
1: happened with Portia like it, that was a moment where I felt like we were let down by this group mm-hmm. a, a rare one I mm-hmm. will say in this in this season where it was like we needed like
0: they didn't know we
1: needed like Brandy to to mm-hmm. like get to be messy in that moment or mm-hmm. like you know somebody and it was like, no, 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 like, ask again. <laughs> like, um, but oh God, I just, because that was, I mean, with Phaedra coming onto this show, that was part of the whole thing. It's yeah. like, this is ex wives club. Mm-hmm. I think we assumed from the jump that there was going to be some discussion mm-hmm. of the circumstances of them leaving their shows. And yeah. we've gotten a little bit of that, but like, we certainly have not gotten any meaningful dissection of how Phaedra left Atlanta, which is one of, one of, Arguably, maybe the most controversial mm-hmm. Housewives departure mm-hmm. in history.
0: Yeah. Departures and also undoings. Yeah. I mean, she, first she four fired part herself. Re- first
1: four part reunion in. For
0: the worst possible reason. <laughs> for the worst possible reason. And for Phaedra to be like, who said that? Oh, um, other people about other things. Uh, in the confessional, I'm going to say that there are two sides to every story, but I'm definitely not going to tell you mine. Like. Uh, If I was the producer, how do you not say – I know she's telling you she's not going to go any further, so I know that it's wasted energy, but couldn't you just be like, and what was yours? What's your side? Right.
1: To say say everything that you heard that season of Atlanta about what I did was a load of bullshit. Everything you heard was bullshit. There are two sides to every story, and you certainly only heard one of them. Dot, dot, dot. That is – I, I don't even necessarily think that sh- – I'm not automatically like, oh, Phaedra's lying. She doesn't have a side of the story. Like, I want to hear her side of the story. Because like,
0: we never heard it.
1: Right. And even if I – there is a a some percent chance that I would hear her side of the story and immediately be like
0: – It's Phaedra oh. calling.
1: I'll start that sentence over. <laughs> no, you won't. I won't edit it. <laughs> there's okay. some percent chance. But it's like there is a, there's a chance that I would hear Phaedra's side of the story and be like, lol – Nope, Um, I'll go with the side I already knew. But, like, if you're telling me that there's more information and more to the story and that there's potentially, like, evidence that could make you look better or could change the the, Mm – flip the script or whatever, it's, like, this is your chance. This is – like, this is – this feels like the time. This is the point. Like, you're here. You're back. You're on – not probably on Peacock.
0: And you have an engaged audience of people who may or may not know why the circumstance is exactly as you said, the specifics, which helps you in them not pushing her. That doesn't help us, but it also helps you if you want to present something that's an alternate reality.
1: Now's the time to do it. Actually, that is a really good point because I have talked to, I have talked to so many people about this season of girls Trip specifically who have said like, I haven't watched, Atlanta before, there we go. but I, Phaedra is so fun, or Phaedra mm. is hilarious, or I'm loving Phaedra. I mean, Phaedra and Eva both, I think, have really benefited from this season of Girls Trip because for Phaedra, it's both image rehab for people who did know mm-hmm. her and, a and an opportunity mm-hmm. for a new audience who mm-hmm. isn't aware of all the controversy to be like, Who's this girl
0: yeah she's great why is she an ex
1: yeah like what oh she could be on dubai she could come back to atlanta like maybe Mm -hmm. i would watch it i would love to watch her seasons of atlanta like that Mm -hmm. kind of thing i think there's a lot of potential there and so it does feel like a major missed opportunity on phaedra's part to not do kind of like proactive damage control for that audience too that it's like even if you haven't, like maybe if you haven't watched Atlanta, but you're seeing me here and then you're going to go back and watch Atlanta. Now you can watch season nine of Atlanta and already have my side of the story in your head. In your head. So when you're watching that, you're going to be questioning everything you hear. You're going to be wondering if Candy had an ulterior motive, whatever it may be. And it's like, it's just kind of like, it's a little bit of a letdown that it's like, oh, we're not going to actually dig into that at all.
0: But like, is the reality because this is a very, very, very different circumstance, but like a little bit of a micro Jen Shah, I'm Innocent. You know, like, oh, yeah. I we, mean, at a certain point, can Phaedra present new evidence? Is she really going to want? And she's a fucking lawyer. Is she really going to want to go to trial in in the court of public opinion yeah. if she doesn't have anything to present?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's. I guess that's the the flip side. Is like, it doesn't shock me that she doesn't want to right. talk about it. Like, I think it's a missed opportunity. But also, I think if she seized the opportunity, it might n- might not go great. But like. It's, also, fr- it's just yeah. more, I guess it's more just, like, frustrating from a viewer perspective of, like, I really would have liked to talk about this.
0: <laughs> and also, if you're not going to talk about it, I get why, like, there might be some legal circumstances around this because it was mm-hmm. so vile, what, what allegedly happened, but... I wish that there was, she says repeatedly, she said on Watch What Happens, she said on Girls Trip, she has zero regrets. And I just wish so much for her in her life, which maybe is incredibly unfair of me, to say I maybe do have a regret. But that would acknowledge,
1: Mm. even if there was like, like a
0: workaround of like, I have a regret that like Candy and I... You know, or maybe she doesn't want to mention Candy. I think that's
1: it that it's like, and also I think it's like far enough in the past for her maybe that it's like, I don't think that she necessarily like pines for Candy's friendship again or like even thinks of it. You know, like it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm, you know, projecting into her mind. Like I don't know how she actually feels about this, but like, and she'd never tell us. I don't think she is sitting there being like. God, I wish Candy and I were still friends. If only one or two things had gone differently. If only he, he, maybe if I hadn't, you know, said some stuff or did some stuff. Like, I think it's kind of like, well, that chapter is closed. Shrug. (laughs) Like, I I don't know if Phaedra is really, like, capable of, like, going to that place. Or, I mean, maybe she just wouldn't let herself kind of, like, turn it into that. Because, like, then it would kind of seem like she did something wrong.
0: Well, and the interesting thing is it's not necessarily out of character for her to be so stoic and, Mm -hmm. like, not revealing. Because you think of the ways that she presented, even coming on the show, like, when is your due date? Like, there are ways that she has been stoic in withholding in information, number one, but also in how she responded to situations where she was like very good at a confessional moment very good in the moment moment which is a skill not a lot of these housewives have of like being snappy in responses and funny and quick which is not something that many of these women are capable of being but also wasn't she was very good at like responding to things and and was definitely heated when it came to stuff with like kenya and apollo of course but also she wasn't necessarily emotionally revealing and vulnerable in no. emotional moments and this requires both it requires you holding yourself accountable which might be difficult for a variety of reasons legally which tells you how bad this was what was allegedly done which she allegedly did and also she's not necessarily vulnerable in that place like even when she was talking to Tamara about this new relationship with this guy And Mm. she's saying that he, like, said that he loved her and stuff. There's a piece of her that, like, there's a wall up that isn't necessarily because it's been a couple years since she was on Bravo. I think that she maybe is a person who operates with a little bit of a wall.
1: Absolutely. I think that is the way that she has always operated. And I think, you know, on Housewives, she was on the show for a long time, and we Mm. saw her go through a lot with the Apollo stuff. Like, there were certain situations where she couldn't avoid Mm -hmm. at least maybe not being like emotionally vulnerable but at Mm -hmm. least us you know knowing about the stuff that was going on in her life and you know being aware of that whereas like on this show she clearly has no interest in being like the plot you Mm -hmm. know like she I think has done a really excellent job of you know, kind of being in the mix with everyone. I think uh, the women on the cast love her. Mm-hmm. I think she, it seems like she's on good terms with everyone. Everyone thinks she's funny. Everyone thinks she's fabulous. You know, she's changing her hair three times a day and mm-hmm. we, we love it and everybody loves it. And the white women are fascinated by... Um, <laughs> You know, like Taylor and Brandy are like, wait, it, 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 hair extensions can look that good? <laughs> but like, oh my god, Taylor's hair! But <laughs> Jesus. when they show her like brushing it, oh I'm like, ah! why? But um, <laughs> why are you even trying? <laughs> but like, I think Phaedra has really done a pretty brilliant job of positioning herself this season as like somebody who is like funny and a good you know, a good friend and supportive and fierce and all of this stuff. But like, she's not really like the show's not about her. And I think that's kind of, it seems like that's what she wants. And then, you know, that moment where she's on that walk with Tamara and Tamara's like, I feel like we haven't talked about you at all this week. Mm -hmm. And Phaedra's like, Oh, well child, like, I don't know. Like she doesn't really want to. She's like, okay. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And she's, you know, she doesn't want to talk about this man. She's like, oh, yeah, he's a physician. Tamara's like, so you said he's a physician? And Phaedra's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, you said he, you, he said he loves you. And she's like, mm, yeah. And it's like, like she's not, I think Pha- like this is deliberate on Phaedra's part. Like, she is not, like, trying to give us a lot of details because then that, like, opens things up for, like, questions and mm-hmm. vulnerability, God forbid. But it's like, I think she's gaining a lot of points because her natural personality and her, like, like you said, she like is quick on her feet. She's very funny. She reacts in the moment. Like that's, she's winning fans because people think see that. And like, she doesn't need to be like screaming at people and (laughs) getting in the mud.
0: And I'm glad she's there because it makes me miss her. And I, um, and she was such a fantastic housewife and it's just so unfortunate because There are reasons why we're not getting what Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us wish we were. And the reality is we might not ever. And so where does that leave Phaedra? I think she is someone who would want to be back regardless of where the casting stuff would be. And the fact that she would be in a situation where these women in her cast would be asking questions about it. Like, Mm. could she even be in that environment and open herself up to people who know the situation and know what questions could and should be asked. Right. Like, Or is she limiting herself and is limited by the nature of that dynamic to girls trip only.
1: Right. Like Vicky being like, okay, next is a lot different than Marlo who would be like,
0: Here's an event called the fourth part of the reunion. And that's going right. to be the theme of literally everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's... Uh, the Candy's Dungeon is, like, the main sponsor of Real Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> at this point. Like, we're we're not going to not talk about it. And But, I mean, the third door would be Phaedra going on Real Housewives of Dubai.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, honestly, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, it wouldn't not make sense. <laughs> like... I don't know if it's something they would actually it's do. It's definitely a
0: second tier franchise.
1: Well, yeah, but I think I think it'll depend.
0: It's not getting the kind of response.
1: It's not, but I think you know, we'll see. Yeah. Like think I mean even with a uh, like think about Potomac, I feel like the first couple seasons of Potomac, it kind of was like it was new, it was felt random a little bit and like I think in the last few seasons, I'm not saying Dubai and Potomac are like of equal quality right now, but just like in terms of the new show doesn't always get the buzz right away.
0: I just, I think it's a little bit more Dallas than Salt Lake city. That's fair. But you know, better people than on Dallas in terms of like potential and storyline. And yeah. also some mistakes, some like second season mistakes that we're making in episode, whatever we are like that. Caroline Brooks scene with her kid. Was so fucking weird, and like you
1: got a little Jen Shaw there.
0: i it got a little Jen Shaw, and it was just incredibly uncomfortable to see her real people friends from Boston being like, "Why is this person treating me this way?" It's because she's on camera, but also I feel hurt because she's yelling at me and saying. That was bad not, stuff it was, so intense. it was really intense and it's like okay this feels second season but we don't even know you yet so you going from zero to 100 well also I mean this is not the biggest moment of the scene but I can't get over it because I focus on minutia for literal millennium but when she said to Sarah hashtag pray for Sarah but when she said to Sarah can you cut my son's chicken and then bring it to me Sarah didn't hear that, but this Sarah did. She wanted Sarah to cut the chicken and then bring it to her so she could present the chicken oh, sarah, to the her house, son sarah, the yeah sorry not I'm sarah Mia sarah and almadani and i'm like no, wait no, no, when? not not dr sarah mps still need to understand the doctor part but like very into it but i have googled well, and she i gave give
1: a lovely toast at the global Citizen. She, forum. and
0: she was her excellency i don't know what um yes i was like what an excellency have we crossed over that like did we not even cover that cuz i want to know more about that right you in my that's fabulous in my
1: awareness excellency is like they use that Royalty. for like ambassadors too oh
0: sure i don't know i'm dumb like someone explain it to me we're, we're skirting over things I'm i feel like you like could also just
1: be like mr global citizen whatever being like the deferential like
0: the, i mean but you're deferential to people you're supposed to be deferential to someone please tell me i'm supposed to be deferential i love being deferential is it like
1: an honorary doctorate like it's like you're an honorary excellency
0: <laughs> i don't know but i love it but with the with the Carol with the Brooke yeah. stuff with Caroline Brooke, I'm just like, this is top. This is Mm-mm. giving me. Mm-mm. It just reminds me because I live in a place of Succession. There is a moment where Cherry Jones is like being like uh, she's speaking to her. I believe it was her housekeeper. Cherry Jones plays a character on Succession, which is like the Murdoch story. She's this. Uh, she's supposed to be fr- sort of a Salzburger family-esque owner of the New York Times style family member of a Magnate. Multi- magnate. They own a bunch of newspapers, whatever, and they have billions of dollars. But she presents herself as like a woman of the world and yeah. yada yada. And there's a scene where they're getting ready for dinner and Cherry Jones is saying to her housekeeper, the woman who's like preparing this major deal for these two billionaire families that are trying to get along. And she's like, oh, you should enjoy, have fun, join us, whatever. And it's a part of this like probably strange dynamic between them where she's pretending that this woman has a chance to like have a glass of wine and enjoy herself but the reality is she can't because she's doing all of this work that you mm. want her to do but yeah let's pretend that there's more of a friendly relationship and then the dinner is done it's prepared so cherry jones goes into the kitchen to bring it out to get all the accolades of i prepared this dinner for this family meal We all know you didn't, but it is your house. And I get a little bit of that dynamic of this stuff going on, but at a much more micro and performative level in that scene of like, because this person works for me, I still Mm -hmm. get credit for doing these things because I'm asking her to do them. Even though the way I'm phrasing it to my child, who's bearing witness to all of this is like, Would you like mommy to do these things? Sarah is the conduit to mommy doing them, but I'm not going to walk that plate. Or I am going to walk that plate over, but I'd like you to prepare it elsewhere and then bring it to me. Right, like you hand me the
1: the prepared plate and I will present it.
0: But we're not talking a dinner of two dynasties sitting down trying to figure out who's buying what and who's like fighting to the death here and having a duel between like actual dynastic family conflict. This is a dinner... With your two friends from Boston who I I would think if we're pretending to play the game of like uh, um, what does upward mobility mean to me Mm -hmm. that being a host to them we need to see a little bit of like maybe a little Yolanda here of like even if it's there's like a presentation. Yeah. I, it was it was a little it was a little tough to watch because we're only getting glimpse. It felt like so much of a presentation of what she thinks wealth means, which I'm not questioning the level of wealth she has. But like, my God, I'm getting the performance of the wealth, which maybe that's how you speak to Sarah every day. My God. But also the performance of being a housewife performing wealth. Where it's like, which, I'm looking at, mirror, looking at a mirror, looking at a mirror, looking at a mirror, looking at a mirror. It's, I'm just, my eyes are, are crossed.
1: Imagine Caroline Brooks and Cherry Jones having a conversation. Would love to
0: see it. <laughs> Cherry Jones would tap out in three seconds.
1: Cherry Jones would be like, okay, nice to see you.
0: <laughs> Goodbye.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I love Cherry Jones.
0: How are you feeling about Dubai?
1: I am feeling, mm, um, so here's where I met with Dubai. Okay. So they were off last week. They didn't have. An I don't episode. even know. So they didn't have an episode last week. I guess. I know this. This I am correct. On. I am up to date on episodes. I just. So they didn't have an episode last week or the week before, maybe. No, they did. Oh, okay. So I hadn't <laughs> watched last week's episode okay. until like the day until Wednesday this week. So Got I it. basically waited until the new episode to watch both.
0: Got it. Probably smart.
1: But so that means that it had been two weeks since I had seen an episode of Real Housewives of Dubai. And I couldn't have told you one thing that happened on the last Same. episode I had seen. Same. And it makes me sad how at peace with that I was. <laughs> Same. I think the here's the thing. I don't think it's bad. I don't. Same. I do. I enjoy it while I'm watching it for mm-hmm. the most part.
0: Same. I uh, think
1: you know. I or, or like. I think it's. I'm watching interesting. it while I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. I think the. I still think the. Have watching it. I still think the casting is pretty strong. Yes. Like I think they have a cast of characters yep. that has a lot of intrigue to it. There mm-hmm. are interesting connections. I think some of the conflict actually is pretty compelling, mm-hmm. but I just. Uh, I for whatever reason the pieces aren't quite coming together into like a really compelling story for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. and I think the a lot of the issues with this season mm-hmm. are like one of the biggest issues with the season is that I think Caroline Stanbury is just not bringing what people assumed she would which was uh, participation. Yeah, it just is, it it feels, I think from, like, from Instagram, from, like, what I knew of her relationship with Sergio before this show came out, mm-hmm. I was all for it. I'm like, yeah, they're hot, like, they're cool, like, whatever. She's living her best life. Did a younger man, marry a younger man, live in Dubai, mm-hmm. You, everybody's hot, you look good, whatever, but it's like, something just feels, like, weird, and I don't even think, to me, I'm not like, oh, uh, like, I'm not like uh, Ayan, yeah, like collaboration, relationship. Like, I don't... I'm not, like, saying that they have, like, a fake relationship or whatever, but it's, like, I don't particularly enjoy watching them together on camera. I think, like, something Mm. is just off. I also think the whole... Like, her only... Her only, like, real... Like, the only person that she seems to, like, fully like or, like, not argue with is Nina. But then they tell us, both of them, how much they (laughs) didn't used to like each other and really make it seem like they didn't really start not liking each other until they were going to be on a show together and, Mm -hmm. like, needed friends. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, weird because I think we all sort of assumed going into this franchise that Caroline Stanbury was going to kind of be the central figure. Mm -hmm. And it almost is like, I would be fine with less. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And like this wedding, I'm like, are we even going to see the ladies of London people that were there? Like, they're not in the teaser at all, which makes me like question. I'm like, did they even, did they make up? Like, are they on camera? I don't know. I hope so. But like, I don't know. I like, I, I'm not like about to start, stop watching it, but it's just it's, like, I feel like I, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was really hyped for it. Now I'm kind of just like, yeah, I watch it.
0: Yeah, and we went to the premiere thing at the Lamborghini Showroom, which was fabulous. And the <laughs> and the episode itself was fabulous. Yes, I, I thought that the premiere episode was incredible, and I don't want to take away from that in any way. It was like truly dynamic. Yes. I died, I screamed, I lost my mind.
1: Premiere was really strong.
0: He says yawning. He says, yawning. <laughs> it was it was really it was genuinely
1: <sighs> shut up. sorry, I was thinking about Nina Ali. <laughs>
0: <laughs> shut up. I I I you know there was and there was a moment this week that I thought was really interesting which was Caroline talking about how damaged she felt after boarding school and how harmful Mm. and traumatizing that can be for a child. And that just kind of didn't become anything. Nobody's talking about it. It wasn't really a moment in the cast aside from it being something that Caroline Brooks is offended by and that she's like passing out on social and saying she's not even doing
1: it. Caroline Brooks is like, well, too bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, like it's like well, let's take a moment because Caroline Stanbury tells us repeatedly how uncomfortable she is Mm -hmm. expressing herself, and now she's expressing herself through the lens of pain, which is very that can be really it's it can be scary to do like to acknowledge it, but that is something that was incredibly meaningful in her life. In a terrible way like it really did hurt mm-hmm. her it hurt her relationships with her parents it hurt her ability to be able to communicate effectively it hurt her, maybe her ability to um foster long-term relationships what whatever her ability to compromise maybe she feels like she has to express herself and if she can't express herself even in stuff like with seating and things she doesn't want to feel like she has to be forced to do anything and I think a lot of that could stem from her experience in boarding school which I do hope we hear more about if she's comfortable sharing and that's an interesting thing that we've I don't remember anybody really referencing on any other franchise but it's kind of like a little bit of a non-starter too because Mm -hmm. the season of Dubai is sort of just passing us by. It is kind of genuinely passing us by a little bit. And maybe that's just what we have to do to get to the second season. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I still would like. It feels
0: like a Peacock show to me. I, and I don't mean yeah. that as an insult. And not, that's I, not just because I watch everything on Peacock, but it, it does. It, I forget that it's a Bravo show. I genuinely do.
1: I mean, uh, that being said, I'm I am very excited for Miami to come back.
0: I mean, Miami is a Bravo show that airs on Peacock. And Dubai is a Peacock, peacock show that airs on
1: Bravo. There's nothing wrong with that. We just right, need, like, we accept it. But right, Like, just because we're not correct doesn't mean we're not correct.
0: 100%. We are correct in our inaccuracy. Okay. I And I'm here for it. I'm fine As with I that. am here for this episode. Dylan Hafer, um, you know I die for you. Q. Oh. There you go. <laughs> um, and guys, if you're not listening to Mention it at all, I highly recommend it. And not just because I have had the pleasure of being on so many episodes and listen while you're here in the office, and i've loved our chat i do also love going to yeah. the studio it is a magical place to I'll
1: be ha- i'll have you i'll have you back soon. Thank you. I'd love I'll, to be back I'll, soon. I'll check my I'll check my Can avails. Should, okay,
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell um the folks a little bit? So you just had Kelly Claw and on on. Yes. Triumph IRL. Um, big deal.
1: Yeah, actually this week we had um Kelly on and um Vanita from Southern Charm.
0: Oh, and how was that? Which
1: was fun. It was fun to fun to chat with her. I had um Shep and Craig on earlier this mm. season. So I've had now a little bit of a Balanced perspective on Southern Charm. I actually, have you been watching Southern Charm this season? What day does it air? (laughs) Thursday nights.
0: Okay, so I, and what's today, Friday? So I missed yesterday's episode. Okay, but you are watching. Yeah, I am watching.
1: I like this season.
0: I have no complaints aside from something that Danny Pellegrino put on Instagram. Oh, yes.
1: I, that tweet <gasps> was so please? funny. Yeah, I actually... I,
0: what was it? Because I, I have laughed. It, it was very funny. It was about Marcy. I was like, this is... And it was incredibly spot on. I was like, oh, shit. He,
1: Danny Pellegrino just... He tweeted, they're just miking anyone who lives in South Carolina at this point on Southern <laughs> Charm. No chemistry tests or auditions. Just tossing Shep's cousin in front of a red light and hoping for the best. Which, like... It wh- is. No, wh- truly. Why is his cousin there? She's. Truly, though, it's the kind of thing where they're at, like, Naomi's party, and, like, we, you know, we get a little chiron that says, like, Marcy, Shep's cousin. And I'm like, okay, like, that makes sense. Like, they're all, you know, lots of people. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a circle. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shep's cousin. Cool. Okay, they're talking to her a little bit. Wait, she has a confessional? I'm like, <laughs> like, literally, I, I thought Olivia, the, the, like, girl who's maybe dating Austin and, like, what? and, like, it, you know up Catherine's ass Mm -hmm. i thought she was like a guest or maybe a friend of run and then no she's full-time cast this season
0: no one prepared i don't know who she is i I don't i don't (laughs) totally understand that why are we supposed to care about them maybe liking each other i i literally i know i don't care for austin but i don't know who she is and it's hard for me to tell i don't care for Olivia apart like when it comes to like a background actor someone just showing up at the party and Olivia like you can't well, it's like, you a know, where's Waldo I refuse to participate in I don't care where Waldo is Waldo is no, is nowhere
1: you can tell I can tell Marcy apart right now because she's pregnant once she has the baby it's over no
0: it's over <laughs> I can't tell any of these people apart it's like when Meredith and Lisa first started Salt Lake and I was like wait which one is which um, I'm I'm really struggling with some of the southern blondes
1: no but Catherine and Olivia are like the dynamic duo from hell and I'm kind of loving it
0: Catherine
1: the darkness is just...
0: It's tough. Because I sometimes rife. get confused with how I'm supposed to feel about her because it, she has had strong seasons and seasons where mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, big gulp, like this is tough. And right now I'm like, I don't remember...
1: Well, because I think there are... If you were describing the premise of Southern Charm to somebody and sort of like the group dynamic as a whole, there would be... There are times in the show's run in which you would kind of put Catherine as the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, and yet T Rav treated her so awfully. And, like,
0: but we only even knew that like a single season or two. Yeah,
1: whatever. But, like, you know, she was she had main character energy. And now it's like, no, she's like the wicked witch.
0: (laughs) She, I mean, it's she's like, (laughs) she's such a a question mark to me. And yet, she does have such a big influence in how the story moves forward. And yet, what's most interesting to me is like, okay, so Shep is like really upset that Craig is successful mm-hmm. and he gets very upset when people ask him about it. Mm-hmm. And yet he's pretending that he's not upset, but it's like, I think he's upset because the only person who was really, not only person who was really, but like, you know, Craig was a fuck up. Craig was sleeping in and not working, and Shep loved that because mm-hmm. no one could question Shep or really look at Shep as being like maybe not a success in the same way. Because Shep could afford to do that, mm-hmm. Shep has all that money, so he can sleep in and have no purpose and no future and do whatever the fuck. He- and now Craig,
1: Craig and Austin both have like successful business ventures. Well,
0: centers. Craig does. I don't think I don't think that Trappop is successful, and I don't think anyone looks at Austin, Austin and they're he like. He
1: said on the episode last night. That they were increasing production. Wow. Ten x.
0: Wow! 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 From also, like zero point zero three to well, also point three zero. I'm sure
1: they make money from their pillows and beer. I'm sure they do, but I don't
0: think there's any comparison between like Craig's level of success and anybody else's. But compared
1: to Shep, who like is like, what is he what is he working on? I couldn't tell you. He's not,
0: but he does and he doesn't want to be asked why he's not. But he's upset that other people are like, I think he genuinely is jealous of or not even jealous of Craig. I think he's mad at Craig for figuring it out because he doesn't he doesn't have to, Hmm. but he doesn't want to. Or maybe he can I did
1: say in our, in my interview with I it was like a joint interview with the two of them and um oh we God. were talking about like if they like if they weren't on the show or like something like that and um Shep was like, Oh yeah, like Craig would actually have to work at that law firm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> ha, ha,
0: ha, ha 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 listen, Dylan <laughs> Hafer tell the AGs where they can listen to all the things Bravo by Betches the sure,
1: king sure. You can, the um,
0: king of content creation
1: follow Bravo by Betches on the socials mm-hmm. you, can, uh, you can listen to the Mention It All podcast of course wherever you get your podcasts uh, three to four times a week which is, I'm doing like Southern Charm solo like mini recaps right now so that's Love like that. a little bonus moment that's um, exciting. and then uh, Pop Alarm likewise it's like a five minute and entertainment news podcast five days a week um, and then follow me at Dylan Hafer and you can come you can come meet Sarah and I both at BravoCon <gasps>
0: yes we are so if you, excited if you
1: were able to procure tickets I wonder or how quickly they whenever, sold out today whenever single day tickets are going on sale that works too um, if, if you see either of us at BravoCon we might say be hi. together come say we hi we probably
0: will be I'm gonna be attached to you we have like our <laughs> little crew and yeah. like
1: no, Bravo, BravoCon is so fun. If you, um, if we both were at BravoCon in 2019, mm-hmm. if you have like questions or anything, like feel free to slide into my DMs with like Bravo, uh, like a couple of people have asked me, they're like, oh, like, you know, how long should I plan to whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. Like it's, I feel like it is kind of like they, they give out very little information. So Should we
0: do a BravoCon Patreon? Not today, not right now.
1: We could. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when they announce like the schedule.
0: Yeah. We'll do a BravoCon Patreon and, and. So send us your questions as satchels, as BravoCon satchels, which we'll Um, answer.
1: Because
0: the one suggestion that I would make, it's too late because they sold out. Maybe they'll release, I don't know how they're doing tickets. Like maybe they'll release more tickets later on. But I would say that if you are deciding between like general admission and VIP, it's worth it to upgrade. Because the way that they, and again, everything might be different. I, I have no idea. But the way that they staggered Mm. or or did events was like panel and you got to choose between a bunch of different events happening panel and photo and the photo line is so intense understandably so that if you can do any kind of upgrade that helps you skip the line it's going to save you time so you can go to the next panel and get a good seat I think
1: yeah no I obviously we can talk about this more a different time but I think that's the thing like if you really I think the VIP obviously there are like perks that are just like fun perks mm-hmm. but also like it's the seat if you really the want it, the to, ma- to maximize the like yeah. doing the most yeah like seeing the most people and stuff oh, whatever
0: and also alternatively if you are traveling and you have to figure out hotels and everything else mm-hmm. um and i would definitely encourage being as close to the venue as you can because it's long days um But just being in the room where it happens is amazing. And if you can't attend, understandable for a variety of reasons, we'll do a BravoCon special after we're going to do a roundup just like we did in 2019. I think it was with Brian Brian Moylan and I did one and Tracy Morrissey and I did one. So highly encourage Mm. listening to those episodes from uh, November slash early December of 2019 because we gave a lot of insight into our experiences and that can be... um, Maybe helpful to people who bought tickets or are hoping to get tickets somehow before the um, before this special event in October. I was just in my head. I was like, what dates are they?
1: Who does Brielle have to blow to get BravoCon tickets? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Lord knows I won't. Um, <laughs> Follow me on social at Dame Galley. The AG Patreon has a special episode. Um, not a Shiva called to Kyle, but definitely her Yom Kippur Day of Atonement. Oh, also, I didn't even mention that. But as a Jew, just want to shout out Hanukkah with Jaggy giving an A++ Uh, a little summary of why is Hanukkah a thing it was so sweet and I can't believe I didn't even mention it so here I am now just wanna I got DMs from people who are like I know you don't watch live but you're gonna be really happy about the amount of Judaism in this So I was like (laughs) yes Jagger yes eight nights of oil go
1: off we're so thankful to have the friendship of Kyle and Mauricio
0: oh my god what was also that Mauricio Mauricio (laughs) Mauricio I was like something is happening here and I'm into it Um, but anyway Instagram at Dave. Game Galley, Patreon, uh bonus episodes, invites to special events, the AG Patreon number one way to support the pod, patreon.com/slash girls And don't hate for, Thanks for stopping by, Ira. I love in-person episodes. Uh, guys, hope you're all doing okay, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.